Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here, and I am here to help you grow funding, increase capacity, and advance mission. That's what we're all about at Grant Writing and Funding. And that's what we do, right? We work with nonprofits, but we also work with a lot of freelance grant writers. Those in transition or those who want, you know, those who are transitioning into becoming a freelance grant writer or have a desire to become a grant writer or those freelancers out there who, you know, they already have their own freelance company, but they're looking to grow and enlarge and just keep up with the ongoing emerging trends and that sort of thing. So we're here to help you get money for mission to help serve other nonprofits. And also if you're with a nonprofit, you're a grant writer with a nonprofit, want to learn how to do grant writing for your nonprofit, we're also here for you. All right, guys. So really, really exciting. I am actually broadcasting this right now from Japan. So I'm just south of Tokyo. I'm here for a couple of weeks and I'm just super excited that I can keep up with the podcast, with the YouTube channel while I'm traveling. Another thing I wanted to kind of discuss too is as a freelance grant writer, it's just, it's fantastic, right? Because I'm also here working. I picked up another client right before I left and I'm working on a grant. So it's great that I have the opportunity and flexibility to be able to do this. So if you're looking at becoming a freelance grant writer, you know, please send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at grantwriting underscore funding, or you can send me an email, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. I'd love to see what your experience is so far, or maybe what some of your, you know, maybe you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have all these questions because there's a huge transition to get into becoming a grant writing freelancer. But let me know because there, there is a lot of flexibility. You definitely have to be disciplined in managing your time, but you have the flexibility with that, which is great. So anyways, we are all about talking about data. All right, so as a grant writer, either for a nonprofit or if you work with many nonprofits, as a freelancer, you have to learn how to gather data. You always have to be, you know, kind of ongoing, updating your data all the time. And as we discussed before, you know, we talked about data, how recent should it be? And really, you know, it depends. Right. That's the big that's the big answer. But it really does depend because more, you know, kind of like the generalist theory is in the last five years. But sometimes you might want to have updated information. Maybe you applied for a grant two years ago. Right. And you see that you had data. Maybe it's only three years old or four years old. So it's OK. But you know that it could help getting you your support your grant if you got even further updated information from the last year. And if you can do that, if it really helps you and if it's possible, go ahead and do that. Other times, very niche data, you know, then you may be getting older data and you would just have to explain like there's not a lot of data in this area. This is what we could find, you know, this is the or it's the most updated one, right? The U.S. Census right now, it's getting pretty outdated. So we're looking at, at that one being updated soon, too, and released. But anyways... One way we discussed, or several, several ways we discussed last week, if you listened to our podcast last week, it was all about a rebroadcast on the needs and strengths assessment. So I went ahead and I described in general, very broad strokes about why it's important to conduct needs and strengths assessment and what the results will give you, 
right? And I also gave you some methods we looked at doing surveys, focus groups, online surveys, in-person surveys, those sort of things, and focus groups and the different types. So that is fantastic. But what I wanted to talk about this week is something very, very particular. It's very specific. And this will give you ongoing updated data. Do, do, do. It's all about social media. All right, so we are definitely gonna just focus on social media polls. And we'll be looking at generally Facebook today because it is large and also Instagram. Now, if you're thinking, you're going, oh my gosh, Holly, social media stresses me out. Uh, It's overwhelming. I am keeping this very simple. You will walk away today knowing how to do a poll and you'll be able to get it done in less than a minute. All right, guys, so if this if this is where you want, you want something simple, if you wanna get some quick data, if you wanna engage your tribe even more and your beneficiaries, right, then this podcast is here for you today. All right, so we are on episode number 79, and this is all about social media polls made easy for grants. So you want information for your grants, you want updated stuff, this is for you. And gathering data is important when supporting grants, connecting with your beneficiaries, providing credibility for your projects, and even understanding what projects to develop. Data can be gathered in a multitude of different ways. And as we discussed last week, like I talked about in our needs and strengths assessment on episode 78, I discussed methods for needs and strengths assessment to utilize online surveys, in-person surveys, and focus groups. However, there are some other methods and can be free or very affordable (laughs) ways to gather research. One low-hanging fruit is to gather data is about social media polls. All right, so we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Before I get into that today, I just want to give a big shout out to Nikki R. Jones. She left a five-star review on iTunes. So thank you so much, Nikki. And she said, tips, mojo, and more. So happy to have found this podcast. Holly's intricate knowledge of grant funding, sourcing, and successful writing is unmatched. Aw. I love listening to her podcast. I even listen while I'm at the gym to pick up the best practices, take in the positive mojo, and learn from the best. Thank you, Holly. So anyways, I just wanted to say a big shout out. Thank you so much, Nikki Jones, for leaving that on iTunes. And Nikki, her name may sound familiar to you because she was actually featured on our podcast 75 discussing public relations. She gave some amazing bombs of just cool how to engage with public relations. She also gave away a freebie. So if you have not checked that out, please do visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 075 dash public dash relations dash Nikki dash R dash Jones. All right, guys. So are you can if you subscribe to this podcast, it'll be number 75. Okay. Thank you so much, Nikki. That means so much. I love this review. Anyways, if you would like to leave a review on iTunes, please do as it does help other people find our podcast and give them a bunch of great information. All right, guys. So let's get into it. So social media can be a great platform to gather information about the needs and strengths of your beneficiaries or those who you may want to serve. So let's look at some main big social media mongrels. This is not extensive at all because I'm keeping it simple, but these are some of the larger social media platforms and you will walk away today, like I said, being able to gather data on these platforms using very simple processes. If you have never utilized social media polls to gather information for your nonprofit or a nonprofit that you work with, 
after this episode, you will be able to do it. All right, now I gotta say a full disclaimer is that any tactic I'm talking about as of July 2019 may change in the future as social media is always changing strategies using interfaces and other options. These polls may not always be an option or as we speak, they may be getting, and like as we speak right now, they may be getting more and more robust, literally. But the essence behind the strategy is the same. Social media is to create interaction, and I'm sure that connecting with your supporters, beneficiaries, and advocates utilizing social media will always be possible to some extent, right? So just know that as I'm recording this, you may be listening to this a year from now, six months from now, three years from now, and things may have changed because that's the nature of social media. All right, so let's talk about Facebook. Facebook social media polls. As of 2019, Facebook is still the behemoth on social media media. Yes, there are shifts and I see more and more people using other social media platforms as their main sources, but Facebook is still king and has the most users at 2.23 billion users every month. That's nearly a third of the world's population. So it is still king right now. Many nonprofits only have a Facebook page for their nonprofit and they don't even have a website. I do not recommend this at all, and you can listen to more about why I don't recommend this in episode number 12 on our podcast, but the fact is true. This is true, right? A lot of them just do it. It's, it's free. They don't have to pay for website hosting, all of that kind of stuff. I don't recommend this, but it, it happens. But you should have some sort of social media platform for your nonprofit or the ones that you work with, right? Because of Facebook size, many nonprofits have pages on Facebook. So the thing is, is I definitely recommend you also have a website, but definitely have a Facebook page for your nonprofit. But you you must, you know, kind of keep it active, but it is a really good way for people to find you. And it just kind of provides credibility that you're on Facebook right now in this day and age. And you can utilize the polls that we're going to talk about today. So you need to have a Facebook page to use Facebook polls. So in order to really utilize Facebook for polls, ads, or other ways, you need to have a separate page for your nonprofit or a group and not just your personal page. So this is just, you know, you might have um, set up a nonprofit and you don't have a nonprofit Facebook page. You just use your own personal one to share information about your nonprofit that's not fully effective. You wanna have your nonprofit's own page on social media. And even today, more and more is having groups, right? That's a little bit different. We're not gonna get into all the nitty gritty, but as long as you have a Facebook page for your nonprofit, you can utilize polls. So Facebook has the option to easily create a poll in groups or on non-personal pages. All you have to do is click on create a post and you have the option for a poll. Super easy. You can even add images to each choice that you have in your poll. So your poll, you're going to create preset answers. And I'm going to explain exactly what that means in just a second. You can also have open-ended questions, but polls are basically better for preset answers. This is a great way to get your supporters or beneficiaries to answer some questions or even your potential donors. It really depends on who you want to get information from, right? And you can very clearly target a certain demographic for that. And I'm an administrator of a couple of pages on Facebook, uh, different groups, right? And one poll I recently did 
was to ask people in the group, which is Fund My Nonprofit group, and I asked them, I said, which type of funding are you most focused on securing for your nonprofits in 2019? And then what I did is I gave them preset answers. These were my preset answers or my choices. The first one was grants. Second one was fundraising events. Third, crowdfunding campaign. Fourth, donor support. Fifth, creating products. Or sixth, creating services. And I might have had a couple others. I can't exactly remember, but it was basically the gist of that, right? And if you are part of my um, part of the Fund My Nonprofit on Facebook, you can scroll down the page to check it out. And if you are not yet in the group, please join. This is a totally free group and has hundreds of members. Just look for Fund My Nonprofit dash funding tips and how tos, and you'll be able to find us. So the Facebook poll I created when I asked those questions, right? What's the main source of funding you're looking for for your nonprofits in 2019? It took me less than a minute and the feedback was super helpful on a couple of different levels. One level is that I now know what type of content to create for this group or what kind of content to focus on because I know what most people will find the most valuable. And what did most people click on so far? Grant funding, which is perfect for me, is that what is what I can talk about all day long, right? So anyways, that was super helpful and it was super quick for me to create. Another level on how it was helpful is that it gives people a voice and creates a stronger tribe. They get to tell me what they want more of and have a voice to contribute in the group. But how do you get people to take your poll? Well, polls are simple and very quick for people to take. Like I said, you can use preset answers and that is what will get the most engagement. You're not gonna get, you know, you're gonna get quantitative data, right? You're gonna be able to track, if you had a spreadsheet and I had grants under one column, crowdfunding under another, et cetera, I could track all the numbers and I could have a nice spreadsheet. It'd be very simple data for me to process, right? However, if you had open-ended questions, like I, I actually did have one last one that said other, and then you have to reply in the comments what other means. This will give you, so that's more open, right? When you just say, what do you think? And they have to kind of answer. You're gonna get fewer responses most typically to that because people have to think. They just they just don't click, right? <laughs> Clicking's a lot easier. It takes less time when people are on social media. They're getting pings and notifications and all this other stuff. You don't have the most like concentration but so that's why you want to do more simple polls, which I think are fantastic because people can easily do that. They, they can engage and focus on that for 30 seconds, a minute, they're done, right? So for open-ended questions, those are the ones that you give people the time to respond to and come up with their own answers. You're going to get fewer, but you might get better information in some ways because you're not containing it to a box that you created. Right, so you're kind of opening it up and letting more people be creative in their answering and that sort of thing. So it really depends on what you want, right? So figure out what you, the results are that you want. But preset answers, you'll, you'll definitely in most cases have a higher amount of responses. All right, so guiding people to your social media poll. The best way you can get an increased number of people replying to your poll is also to email out to your list. So maybe you're emailing out to your donors. You want information about what they would actually be supporting, right? So you can email out, you can email and then just provide a link even to your social media poll so they can easily respond there. You can recreate the poll in the email and then that way 
you know, it's easier for them to reply and then you can just add the information yourself. You know, so you, there's a couple of different ways you can do it, but definitely to guide them to your poll is the easiest by just providing a link in the email to that social media poll on Facebook. All right, so for example, since I'm targeting mainly people who work at nonprofits for my poll, I will also email my list and ask people to respond to the poll by utilizing that link, right? I'll just provide a link so they can easily respond. Once people start responding to the poll, then Facebook does a funny thing of algorithms by notifying more people that like or follow your page or if it's in a group that are in that group, right? And this is really cool um, as Facebook starts doing the work for you to get the word out, right? They start sending those notifications. However, you may have this in a private Facebook group, like I said, and you don't want any and everyone's reaction to it, only your targeted audience. That is fine as Facebook will only let people in your private group know as that post becomes, you know, more and more people are commenting on that post and it's becoming more popular. But if you've ever noticed, even on your personal page, you may get more and more comments and reactions and stuff. And it's like, as soon as you get like 30 comments, like then you'll get like 80 because Facebook is letting more and more people know about that specific post. So that's the algorithms doing the work for you, which is beautiful. All right, so other than email, you can also drive people to your poll by creating ads on Facebook. In this way, you can specifically narrow your target to the people with interest in your poll. So I could pick a certain city even. Maybe I wanted to target people in Nashville, right? But I want nonprofits to reply to this, you know, to see my post, to see my poll, right? So I would say Nashville, I can even do ages. Maybe I'm looking for 25 years old to 45 years old. I'm looking for mainly women. And I could say I could even add the interest to include nonprofits. So that is super targeted, very specific, and sometimes that's what you want. The thing is, is I'd have to pay for that ad, right? But Facebook, I mean, depending on how many people you want to reach, it works with your budget. It's not just like $5,000. Like you can go pretty low. You can put in, you know, 50 bucks and it can go out to a lot of people. So it really depends on how many people you want to reach as to what your budget will be. And that's pretty cool, you know, because that does get the word out very well and it can be very inexpensive. And I'm not going to go into how to create ads today as that's its own episode or series of episodes even, but this is an option and it does help direct people to your poll. Um, One reason you might want to say, well, Holly, why do I even want to do that? Is you might want to do a targeted ad if you do not have a lot of followers or you want a larger response rate, right? So maybe you only have 50 people that like your page and you get one response on your social media poll. And this is especially common if you're just looking at starting up a nonprofit or it's very new. So you're like, or you might want to develop an entirely new project. So you want to get more and more data from that. You want to get more responses. So in that way, you might do a very targeted ad. So you could definitely target the people you want to get the the results from, right? You want to get the responses from them. And then that way you, you could. And you could see, well, this project, you know, I gave them three preset answers to figure out which project would be the most beneficial to them. And a majority chose C, you know what I mean? Whatever that would be. So that's a great way to develop projects and to get a better idea of what would be useful. 
So that's one reason you'd want to do a targeted ad or a couple of reasons, right? If you do not have a lot of followers and you want a larger response rate. Another simple way to drive people to your poll is by creating more social media posts with a link back to your poll. So that would be a very easy thing to do. You could create more posts. You could create little videos even. You could go live on Facebook and you could say, hey, check out this survey. Please let me know um, what you're interested in. Here's the link. So you can just create more social media posts directing people back to that poll. Of course, polls are not the only way to gather information on Facebook, but I find they are the simplest and most straightforward approach. All right, so just to kind of, let's go ahead and summarize this real quick before we move on to Instagram. Um, And Instagram will actually be much briefer because Facebook, like I said, is the king of social media right now. But to do a poll, you can easily create that. You must have your nonprofit's own page or you must do it in a group, right? Polls are very simple to create. You can give preset answers or open-ended answers, right, for your polls or a combination of both. To guide people to your polls, you can send out an email with the link to your targeted demographic. You can also create ads and you can also create other social media posts letting people know about the poll and include the link. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and move on to polls on Instagram. Creating a poll utilizing Instagram stories. All right, so once again, you'd have to have an Instagram account for your nonprofit, and you can do polls through creating a story on Instagram. So I'm just gonna step-by-step take you through this real briefly. So you create a new Instagram story, you tap the sticker icon at the top of the screen, you tap to select the poll sticker icon, Fill in the question for your poll so it'll pop up then like it'll, here's your quiz. What do you want to say? Then you go ahead and put it in your poll. Tap your story or send to to share your poll to your story. Very simple. So it's very similar to sharing a story, but you have an added step with the sticker icon at the top. All right. And this can be shared with your Facebook page um, if you have it connected to, right? Because Facebook now owns Instagram. And this is a cool way to add a poll. It's only up for like 24 hours, but it gets shared, you know, that sort of, or, you know, it can be a good way to do it as well. Um, very easy. Once you do it the first time, then you can, well, if, you have, if you haven't done it before, you may be like, hmm, how do I do this? Um, but once you can do it, it's very simple. And to check the results on your of your poll, All you have to do is scroll up on your story. So you click on your story and scroll up and then it'll give you the results. But if it's been more than 24 hours, like if your story is not live anymore, then go to the archives in your Instagram account, click on the post and scroll up. It's very cool. And I have all of these directions on the website. So don't, if you're taking like mad notes right now, if you're driving or if you're working out, don't worry about it. You can definitely get uh, the steps on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 79. All right, this is 79 today, this episode. And like I said, keeping it super brief um, for Instagram, but in general for either Facebook, for Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and a whole bunch of other social media platforms, you can create an engaging image or video and inside text, ask people a question and to leave their answer in the comment section. So this is another way that you can create kind of a quasi poll, right, on social media. This can be a great way to get information as well. You can also utilize social media to direct to other or more robust surveys by creating links. Maybe you have created a, you know, full survey, so it's not just answering one question, 
but you're wanna, you know, you want them to answer 10 questions or 50 questions, and you have it on SurveyMonkey or another online survey base, even Google Forms, right? That you can do surveys on Google Forms, which is super cool, and it's free. Awesome. And this is very effective, and I have utilized this a lot. So as far as creating social media posts, and I've even done ads for social media posts with the link to the more robust survey that's off of the social media platform, like to Google Forms, right? To get more engagement, like I said, you know, definitely you can create an ad, but you can also create a promise, you know, for people who take the surveys to be entered into a giveaway after they complete the online survey. So that's another way to increase your response rate. So as a summary for today, like I said, I'm keeping this as simple as possible. I know it sounds like a lot of steps, but you are now able to walk away and create a Facebook a social media poll to get answers and data for some of your questions, right? If you want to create more data, definitely that is a way to do it. As you can see, there are so many ways to be creative when it comes to social media polls. Often this is overwhelming. So pick one and stick with it for a little while. Maybe try a different one once a month just to kind of keep up with the trends and to get more information. But overall, it will give you information for data gathering while helping keep an active tribe. So this is a great way, especially if you're like, oh, nobody ever responds to my pictures. Well, are you asking them questions? Are you creating polls? Are you creating ways for them to engage with you, right? So remember to keep it simple and to try new things. Polls are one of the easiest ways to get your tribe to interact on social media. But like I said, you can also ask people to post in comments or link to external online surveys. But yes, if you would like more information about this and the step-by-step -step approach, please do visit grantratingandfunding.com forward slash 79. As we continue throughout July, I will be talking more about data for gathering information for grants, right, to support your grant writing efforts. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes or any podcast listener player that you may be listening to. Also, I would love to see your comments of this podcast on iTunes. Please do leave a review as it really does help the algorithms. Remember I talked about the algorithms today on Facebook? Ah, they're everywhere on everything online. <laughs> so, so if you love this episode, please do leave a review as it really is awesome. Uh, it leaves, it's helping the algorithms and Ah, I always love it. It just makes me so happy when you guys are interacting with me online. And if you have not checked out our YouTube channel, please do. It's grant writing and funding on YouTube. And basically, you know, what I do is I give a short synopsis of the podcast. So the podcast is always the full information. But if you're in a rush and you just want something, you know, five, seven minutes, then definitely check out the YouTube channel as well. And please subscribe to that so you can get that actual email directly to you. That way you have the YouTube episodes always updated. But if you subscribe in iTunes, the same thing, it actually just goes directly, it downloads into your iTunes app, which is fantastic. I love doing that. I listen to podcasts all the time. Obviously, I'm like a podcast junkie. So I love having all of the episodes just directly delivered into my app. Super cool. Anyways, guys, I'll see you guys next week as we continue our talk about data. Thank you so much for listening today, or should I say, arigato gozaimashita for listening today. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe, and discounts on grant services? 
Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.